Uh, towards the bottom of the Yomad, the first word on the line is Kichananya. We're holding where it says, So what we learned over here before Yom Tif was that when it comes to a Klicheres, there's no Tumas Medris. Tumas Medris is the Tuma of a Zav that sits or leans on something. So regarding a Klicheres, this Tuma does not apply. If you touch a Klicheres on the inside, it becomes Tomei, but not a Tuma of Medris. So the Gemara now wants to know the source of this halacha. Medris klicheres minol on the toy. From where do we know that the tum of medris regarding a klicheres would be toy? Omar chizkiye says chizkiye da because the pasuk says ve'ish ashiyiga ve'mishkavoi, a person that will touch his bed or his place where he lies on. So it says mishkavoi, his mishkav, and this is talking about the zav. Makish Mishkov So we compare the Mishkov that he lies upon to himself. Mahu Just as it is regarding the person himself, if a person becomes Tomei, what does he do? Azov, he has to go to the Mikveh. Af Mishkovai, the same applies to the Mishkov, the surface that he's sitting on or lying on. Nami Isletarabimikveh. What kind of surface becomes Tomei when you sit on it, you lean on it, which is the Tomah of Madras, only such a kind of a material that be, could be uh, cleansed in a mikveh, which excludes a klicheres. A halacha by klicheres is if he becomes tomei, what do you have to do with it? You have to break it. You can't, uh, you can't uh, clean it, you can't be metayed it in a mikveh. The Bey Rabbi Shmol Rabbi Shmol brought another pasuk where you see this concept. It says, Ki mishkav nidosa yielo. The mishkav of a nida will be to her. So again, from this pasuk he learns the same drosha. Makish Mishkovalah. We compare the Mishkov where Nida lies on it to herself. Mahi Isla Tara Mikveh, just as with the case of the Nida herself, she has Tara in a mikveh. Af Mishkova, so to the Mishkov that she's lying upon, sitting upon, that's susceptible to this Tomeh, Nami Isle Tara Mikveh. What kind of surface are we talking about? What kind of material? Something that could be metayed in a mikveh. Otherwise, like a klicheres, is la fuke klicheres, the less letara be mikveh. This excludes a klicheres that you cannot be metayed in a mikveh. Masav Ravilo, Ravilo asked on this, mapots be meis, a mat, a, a mat regarding the tumor of a mace. Minayan, how do we know that it becomes tomic? So as Ashi explains, the chidish over here is, this is not a kli kibble. Usually regarding wooden materials, you compare it to a sack, as we had before in the Gemara. Just like a sack, the halach is that it has to be a keli, it has to be a receptacle. There's a, there's a toich where it, it receives something in it, and only then is it tomei. The same applies to a wooden material, that it has to be a keli. But a mapot's a mat that a person could sit down on or lie on it, even if it does not have a toich, and it's sort of what's usually called pshute kliates, it's just a plain flat piece of wood, nevertheless, it will become Tomei by Tumas Mace. This is the halacha. So the, this over here, this b'raise, is going to explain the source for this. So Minayim, from where do we know that a mapot's a mat will be susceptible to the tuma of a mace? So the Gemara says, Vidinu, this is a kal that we could learn from the tuma of a zov. When it comes to small, small little uh, jugs, very small jugs, they would be tired of any tumma of Azov. 
as Rashi explains, there's no tum of medris that will apply to this because they're too small or they, they can, you can't, you're going to sit on it, you're going to lean on it. It's not, it's not made for this. Not made for this. The halacha is the tum of medris only applies to something that's designated for sitting on it, designated for lying on it, but not over here. These are not designated for that, so there's no tum of medris. To touch it, so we're talking about a klicheres here. Pach and ketanam that are klicheres, there's no tum of touching it either because it's too small to stick your finger inside. And therefore the tum of hesit, which would mean to carry it, doesn't apply either here because if there's no tum of maga that applies to it, the tum of hesit doesn't apply either, as Rashi points out. The bottom line is, we have here a case of pachim ketanim which the tume of Zov does not apply to it at all. It is not totally tired as far as Zov is concerned. But nevertheless, it is susceptible to the tume of a maze, as Rashi explains, in a case where these pachim katanim, these very little jugs, were inside a tent where there's a maze inside that would become tome of the tume of the maze. Mapots, shetome bezov. So a mat, which is susceptible to the tumah of a zav, a tumah of a zav of madras, which sits on it, lies on it, it's designated for sitting or lying on it, so it would become tumah madras, and it then she ate tumah b'meis. So definitely it should be tumah b'meis. So the Gemara points out in this Kavachaymer that we see a chumrah that meis has over zav, regarding pach and ketanim. So therefore over here, regarding mapots, it logically follows to say that if the Tumah Zav applies to it, the mace, which we find is more Chomer than the Zav, should also apply. That Tumah should also apply as well. So now the question of the Gemara is, Va'amai, but how is there the Tumah of a Zav for this mat? It cannot be purified in a Mikveh. Why not? So Rashi here brings the source for this. What, what could go into a mikveh to be metayer are only those vessels that are mentioned in the Chumash, in the Pasha of Shrotzim, in the Pasha of Midian, where the Torah talks about being metayer in a mikveh. That's in Pasha Shemini and in Pasha Matais. But for example, food, drink, all these kinds of things that are not mentioned there in the Pasha, or in this case, a mat, cannot be metayer in a mikveh. So didn't we before say the rule that something that cannot be metayed in a mikveh is not susceptible to Tumah, of, of, of the Zav, of Medris? And that's why a klicheres is not uh, susceptible to the Tumah of Medris. So then how does a mapot become susceptible of the Tumah of Medris if it's not able to be metayed in a mikveh? Rav Hanina answers, no, this wooden mat is different. Shani hasam hoyo the, this, this type of material, this wood material, could be metayed in a mikveh. This particular mat that's made as a flat surface that you could lie in it, it's not a regular keli and you can't be metayed in a mikveh. But a wooden material, if it's a keli, you could be metayed in a mikveh. Right? Which is not similar to a klicheres. A klicheres, there is no earthenware that you could be metayed in a mikveh ever. So therefore this is something which the min, the min of wood, you can be metayed in a mikveh. That's enough of a reason why the tumah of medris, the tumah of zav, should apply. God save us from such a kind of answer, such a kind of thought, that just because there's a min, the, 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 this type of material, this wood could be metayed in a mikveh, so therefore the tumah should apply. But this mat itself, you cannot be toivel in a mikveh. And we have a limud, as we brought before the two psokim, that only what could be metayed in a mikveh, the tumah of zav applies. So what does it help me if this min could be toivel in a mikveh? 
So Rab Chanina answers back to him, Adarabe, on the contrary. Rachmana Litzlan, midaitu didoch. God should save us from your opinion, that you're being so extreme to say that only if you could actually be toivled in the mikveh, then it's susceptible to the Tumas Madras. He says, no, it's not the case, it's enough that this type of material, you could toivle in the mikveh, that it should be susceptible to Tumas Madras. And the Gemara now explains why. time am I. What's the reason that it's enough, the fact that the min could be toivled in a mikveh, that it should be susceptible to the to, uh, the Tumah of Madras? Because today, there are two psukim about this. Ksiv, in one pasuk it says, as was quoted right before here, V'ish asheyiga bimishkavoy. So it says mishkavoy. And as we said before, we compare the Mishkov to the person himself, just like the person himself could be toivel in the mikveh, so too the Mishkov that becomes Tomei could also be toivel in the mikveh. But then there's another passage where it says, V'chola Mishkov yitma. Any surface, the bed that the Zov lies on it, becomes Tomei. Here it does not say Mishkovoi. So we hear the Ptayda is being more broad with the susceptibility of this Tomei. So how do we reconcile these two psukim? So therefore it follows to say as follows. Okay, Tzad, what's the pshat here? Yesh b'minoi, if it's a material, that this type of material could be tabled in the mikveh, like the person himself. Afagav the less lay tarab mikveh, even if this actual material over here, the, sh- the way it's shaped, like we said before, regarding a mat, that it's flat, it's a flat surface, it's not made into a keli, you can't be metayed in the mikveh. Still, because the min, the min could be toivel in the mikveh, that's enough that it should become susceptible to the tumah of Azov. That's what we learn out from the second pasik that where it says, It doesn't have to be that this itself should be compared to the person himself that you could toivel it in the mikveh. It's enough that just the min is included in this. But if it's a kind of material that this type of material cannot ever be used in a mikveh, like the klicheres, then I say, Then I compare this material to him himself, and I exclude this, since it can't ever be titled in the mikveh, and not even its type could ever be titled in the mikveh, so therefore it's not susceptible to the Tumah of Madras. Now the Gemara brings another source for this whole halacha here that a kli cheres is not susceptible to the tumah of Azov, the tumas medres. Rav Omar Rav says, medres kli cheres tohoir mehocha. The medres of a kli cheres so when the, when, uh, is the fact that it's tohoir. We learn out from this pasuk over here. It says in the pasuk, v'chol kli pasuach. If you have an earthenware keli, it's open. Asha ain't summit pasal alav. It doesn't have the cover that's covering it then whatever is inside becomes susceptible to Tumas. So we're talking about a klicheres that's inside the oil hames, under a roof where there's a dead body and anything inside there becomes tummy. Besides, if you have a klicheres which is covered, and whatever is inside, it's sealed, covered, whatever is inside is saved from this Tumas. As we learn in Hayesh Tzomet Pasal Olav, if it's covered, then it's, it's sealed, so then Tohiru. It saves, protects everything inside from the Tumah. So now, Rashi explains that the only time this earthenware vessel could protect from the Tumah is if the vessel itself is not Tomeh. If the vessel itself is Tohoir, so then it protects from the Tumah inside. If the vessel itself is Tomeh, so then it can't protect from any of the Tumah inside. Now, Milo Yaskinon, aren't we talking about a case over here in this Pasuk? Isn't this case included as well? The Yechdinu Le'ishtoi Nida, 
that his wife, which may be a nida, is using this earthenware vessel even to sit on it. And the Titus says that what's inside remains toy. Why is that? If his wife is sitting on it and she's a nida and she makes it tome by sitting on it with the tuma of medris, so then whatever is inside should not be protected from the tuma. Elamai, what we see over here is that the tuma of medris does not apply. And therefore the earthenware keli remains tohoir and therefore it protects whatever is inside from the tuma. So this is the source that the Rava brings. Now we go on to the next Mishnah, which discusses a completely different subject. As we see here in this Patek, we're going from one subject to the next, where the Mishnah begins with the same question of Minayin. What's the source for certain halachas that we already learned in other places? Zakta Mishnah, Minayin, La'aruga, Shihi, Shisha, Al Shisha, Tzvachim. From where do I know? And here we're going to be discussing the halacha of Kalayim. Regarding the halacha of Kalayim, of course, not to mix different uh, types of seeds, one with another. So you have a patch of shisha al shisha tvachim, a patch in the field of six by six tvachim. So from where do I know, you could uh, plant in it five different seeds in five different places. Dalid, and what are the five places here? Dalid al dalad ruches You could plant four rows of seeds on the four perimeters of this uh, patch in the field and and one seed you could plant right in the center. Take a look in Rashi. You have over here the picture in Rashi. In the newer Gemaras it's a better picture. In the older Gemaras it's not such a great picture. But as you see over here in the Rashi and the Mishnah, so you have the four per- perimeters of this uh, patch and you, you can plant on all four sides and then you plant in the center. Okay, so what's the source that you're allowed to do this? And there's no issue of Kalayim. Says the Mishneh, Shenemar, it says in the Pasik, the land gives forth, it's uh, what grows, and the garden sprouts, what, what was planted will grow. It doesn't use a singular term of Zara, it uses a plural term of Zeruel. The Gemara will explain right here the Pshat of this Drasha. But before we go to the Gemara, let me just explain a little bit better the story with this case of this patch of 6 by 6 Tfachim, where you could plant on all four sides and in the center. So the Pshat of here is as follows. Rashi says there are two different things about Kalayim. Number one, when you have Kalayim, so yeah, what, what you have to be careful about, according to Rashi's Shitta, is that it shouldn't appear to be intermingled. That's the main thing. As long as they're planted in such a kind of an angle that it's clear that these are two different things that are separated from each other, even if they are pretty close, and as far as what's happening inside the ground, the nourishment that it receives in the ground, they're, they're sort of meeting up inside the ground, it doesn't matter. As long as what appears above is very clear that it's planted from two different angles, that's fine. As you see over here in the Rashi, so you have, for example, the south side, the east side, the west side, they're coming from different angles. Even though they're coming very close to each other, that doesn't matter. The the, the parameters of this uh, patch will not matter. Now, what does matter is when you plant in the center of this patch, so whatever you're planting, planting in the center of this patch is not going to be in a different angle of what's being planted on the sides around it. So, 
from the center to what's being planted around it on the sides of this patch, you have to have a separation of three tfachim. Three tfachim, so that allows for a tefach and a half where one side draws nourishment and then that seed in the middle draws nourishment of a tefach and a half. So those three tfachim in between separate. So as long as they're, as, they're, as they're being planted parallel to each other and it's not clear that it's two different angles and it appears to be totally separate, so then it's important that there should be that three tfachim break in between in order for the nourishment to be separated. That's the, the, as far as the middle seed is, is concerned. But as far as, again, the parameters on the side that are planted, even if they're coming very close to each other because it's coming from in and in being planted in a different angle. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it appears to be uh, separated from the other uh, line, the other that's not parallel, and therefore it's it's okay. Let's see the Gemara. My mashma. What is the source that the Gemara is bringing from this pasuk regarding planting five different seeds or five different angles here in this field of of a patch of six uh, by six uh, tefachim. So the Pasik says the land which gives out its uh, growth. When it says it gives out, that's once. One to plant one one uh, row. Tsimcha, again it says what it grows, another row. So that's two that's two. So it's written in the plural term, that's another two. So we know we have four. Tatsmiach chad, and then it says again Tatsmiach, so that's another one which ha chamisha together is five. So that was the meaning when it said in the Mishnah that it says zeru eha. So we have a plural of zeru eha, which adds up over here. If you use all the terminologies of planting and of growing in the in this in this pasuk, that adds up to five. Okay, this pasuk, by the way, is being used as a marshal for Klal Yisrael when you get to the Geula that Yidden will be redeemed. Like, like what grows forth from the field. But the Gemara here is bringing from these Lashayness of this Pasik where we can see that what grows in a patch in the field, there are five different rows of five different parts that, will grow, that, that grow in this patch. And the Rabbanon know that when you have set up the way Rashi describes it here in this picture, that you have it growing on, on the four, four perimeters of this patch, and in the center, so then what's planted in the center and it's separated from all sides, three tfach and what's growing around it, it will not nourish in the ground together from what's growing around it. So you have that space of three tfachim separating so the Chachamim know that it's not yonik, it will not receive the nourishment in the ground from the same earth if it's separated to this amount. So this is how the Rabbana will Meshire this. They have this Pasuk over here. The Pasuk shows us that you could have five things growing together and they won't appear to be intermingled. That's what the Pasuk is saying. And the Chachalim come along and tell us that the Pasuk is talking about this size, this patch, which is six by six Tfachim. So then what's growing in the center will not receive nourishment from what's around it. Where do we see? How do we know? This that the Rabbanan say that they know that what's in the center will not receive nourishment from what's around it. How do we know that this could be relied upon? In other words, as Rashi says, is this actually something that a human being could determine? What's going on in the nourishment under the ground that it doesn't receive nourishment when it's three tfachim? 
Chachamim have a mechanism of how to, a human, does any human being have the ability to determine this? So the Gemara brings the source of how we see that yes, it is humanly possible to determine this, and therefore Chachamim determined this. What's the pshat in the pasuk that it says? Don't encroach on the border that the ones before you established. So the simple pshat of this of this pasuk is that you're not allowed to move your border further out to take away from the space of your friend's field. So over here, the Gemara dashes that this pasuk is also speaking about klayim. The gvul, the border of the field that was established before from the earlier ones, do not encroach upon that border. So you're not allowed to come and plant the climb all the way up to the border and uh, and cause what's in the other in your friend's uh, field to be to be mixed with what you're planting to become climb. So this is another source for the isra of climb. Now the Gemara continues and dashes this pasuk. My govluri shainim. What does govluri shainim mean? That the ones before have established have established the border. So Rav Shmuel ben Achmeni says in the name of Rav Yenison that we see that the earlier generations were able to establish exactly what the nourishment it receives in the ground to be able to determine when it would become Kalayim. It says in the Pasuk, These were the Bnei Seir, Chayri, living in the land. So what's the meaning of this Pasuk? Atu kula are other people living in the sky? Why does it say that there are Yeshve Ha'aretz, living on a, on a land? Obviously, they're living on a land. Ella, rather, the Pshat over here is, Shehoyu Bikiyin Aretz. They were very proficient in how to occupy a land. They knew exactly the, the secrets of agriculture, how to plant. Shehoyu Oimrim, they would say, Meloi Konezeh, this uh, measurement of land, of a reed full, this is a good area to plant olives. Another area in the land, they would say, is good for a vineyard. Another place, they said, this is good for planting figs. They knew very well the soil, exactly what's good for what uh, fruits, for what, uh, to, what to, to plant, whatever there. It says that they were What does chayri mean? They had a special talent that they could smell the earth and see from the soil what's uh, what could be planted there. Chivi, it also says they were called Chivi in the Pasuk there. Um, Rav Pape says, Rav Pape, you They were able to taste the earth and Kechivya, like a snake. Chivi is in Aramaic, Chivi is a snake. They were able to taste the earth and they would determine what exactly the soil is good for. So we see from this, the point is, what do we see from here? That it is humanly possible to be able to determine regarding the growth of the land, regarding the nourishment, and the same thing, the Chachamim were Meshayer, Benigeya too, the space needed for Kalayim. Rav said a different shot regarding the name Chayri. Chayri, Chayri here means that they were freed, so to speak, of their possessions, because eventually Edoim, Esav, came along and conquered the land from them. Omar Avasi, going back to what we were talking about before, Avasi says, Aruga, this Aruga that we're talking about over here. So inside of this Aruga, there has to be the space of six Tvachim, Chutz Migvuleha. This is besides the uh, border that there is around where you plant. You have to have a space around, sort of a walking space around, to be able to walk there to water it. Right, as Rashi explains. So over here, when we talk about 
the space that there has to be inside, it's besides, we don't deduct from this the space that you have to walk there. As to, the toich has to be uh, a six tvachim, you have to have a full six tvachim inside in order for there to be three tvachim and on all of the sides separating from what's planted in the middle from what's planted on the, on the perimeters of this uh, patch. And he brings a b'raisa for this, Tanya Hachi, Aruga Toich Shisha. Inside this Aruga, there should be six by six Tvachim. You don't deduct on the outside a place where the person is walking around and then you plant it a little bit further in, because if you're going to plant it further in, so then you're not going to have that full six Tvachim on the inside to have the space to separate from what's being planted in the middle to what's being planted on the perimeters. This gvul, this space for the person to walk around the place where he plants in order to be able to water it, how much is that space? It's like it says in a Mishnah in Kalayim, Rabbi Yudah Yudah's opinion is, The space, the width of this space that a person has around where he plants is the width of a, the sole of a person's foot. My time at Rabbi Yudah, what's the source for Rabbi Yehuda? The Chsivit says in the Pasik, and you water the plants with your feet, Yerek, like the vegetable field. So it says with your feet. The width of a person of the sole of a person's foot is a tefach, av gvul nami tefach. So to the gvul, this space that there is around where you plant is a tefach. Now the Gemara comes back to our Mishnah. So we had in our Mishnah this halacha here about planting a patch of six by six tfachim. And the way it was described as we had in the picture of Rashi, you plant on all of the sides, on the perimeters of this patch, and then you plant once in the center. Okay, so now Rav says as follows. We're going to have a machloikis here between Rav and Shmuel, what this Mishnah is talking about. Omar Rav says Rav, Aruga Bukhur Boshaninu. The Mishnah here is talking about pa- plan- planting this patch of six by six tfachim in a barren land, in, a, in an isolated area with nothing else around it. You don't have other patches around it as well. It's just one isolated place. Okay, because if you can have other patches, other similar patches around it, you're going to have a problem. So it's Aruga Bukhur Bashanino. But you have the corners, a person can plant on the corners in a way that even if there's other patches of fields around it, there won't be any issue. So let's take a look into Rashi, right? So over here you have the two pictures in Rashi. So the first picture you have in Rashi, it's towards the bottom of the Yomad, but if you take a look over here, so you have an example where there are nine patches together. So if the person is going to plant all of these patches, exactly the way Rashi had it in the Mishnah. In other words, he's going to plant a full row of, of all the perimeters of these patches, fully all around and around. So then what's going to happen? You're going to have parallel rows of different types of the, you know, different species that you're planting right next to each other, and it's going to be Kalayim. So even though it's different patches, but they're very close to each other, and uh, that's Kalayim. There's nothing that's separating. You don't have three Tvachim to separate between them. So therefore, Rav says, the Mishnah must be speaking about when it's just one patch of six by six tfachim in a barren land where there's nothing else around it. But now, the Gemara's question is, still, who says the person is planting full the, all the rows of these patches? Who says he's planting all the rows fully? And therefore, you have parallel rows right near each other, which would, if it's two species, would be kalayim with no separation. How about if the person is going to plant part of one row, another part of the other row, 
and they're not going to meet up, they're not going to be parallel to each other. And there's a, a space of a tafach in between so, so that, uh, that they shouldn't meet, as you see here in the picture, besides the fact that they're not parallel to each other, there's another space of a tafach there that you allow before you begin the other row and the other patch. So then there's no, there's no issue of klein. So if you look closely here in the picture, you could see this here, how you can, you can plant with not planting it fully going from corner to corner. So then, even if it's not a barren field, if there are these nine patches together, they're not parallel, they're not, there's not going to be kalayim. So what's the issue? Answers the Gemara, Omri Beirav Mishmei Derav, so this was said in the yeshiva of Rav, in the name of Rav, No, because Rav understood that over here we're talking about a person that is filling up all the corners. He's planting full rows in, 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 in each of these uh, patches here. So if you're planting full rows, and you have parallel rows from two patches, so then they're very near each other and there's going to be the issue of climb. Therefore, Rav says we're talking about a barren land where there's no Kalayim because there's nothing else around it. Asks the Gemara, but, but why would a person do that? Why would a person plant, if he has these patches near each other, two full rows and then there would be an issue of Kalayim, so he can't plant anything because the two rows he can't plant not this row and not this row. So velizra me avroi, veloi limli migavoi. So let him plant on one patch from the outside and not go all the way further in and fill up the entire row. So then he can plant on the next patch further down so they shouldn't be parallel to each other. Exactly like this picture here is in Rashi. So why wouldn't a person plant this way so it shouldn't be kalayim? If a person has all these patches near each other and he's going to want to fill up all the rows, they're going to be parallel to each other. It's going to be climbed, so he's not going to be able to plant anything. So why wouldn't the person want to plant exactly like this picture over here is? Half rows, half on this, on this patch and then the other patch. The, the next half, and it shouldn't be parallel. Why wouldn't the person do that? And then we wouldn't have to say that our mission is talking about a patch which is in a barren field where there's nothing else around. You lose a lot of space that way if you have to plant this way in a barren field. So the Gemara says, no, Rav says there's a gzeda here. Gzeda shemi yamalas akronis, because the Chachamah were geyser, that if you allow a person to plant this way with these patches in the, in the, in the field, like, like Rashi's picture, when you have the nine patches together, a person may fill it up all the way, the rows parallel to each other, and then it would be climbed. So yeah, technically a person could plant in a way where they're not parallel to each other, but geyser that a person may do this, and therefore it's going to be climbed. The Gemara asks another question on what Rav said over here, that when you have these parallel rows of two different patches, that's an issue of Kalayim, because there's not enough space between them. But, this, why wouldn't this be similar to the Halacha of Reish when you have a tip of a field that protrudes into another field? So the Halacha is that even if there's no space, not enough of a space between this part of what's protruding into another field, but because it's, a, it's clearly a protrusion from another field, so therefore it's two different fields, even if they're very close to each other, there's no kalayim. So why wouldn't we apply that here? Let's see the Gemara inside, the Mishnah that it quotes. Milay Tnan, didn't we learn in a Mishnah of kalayim as follows. You had a tip of one field that's protruding into another field. If you take a look into Rashi, so you have over there the, the, the triangle. So for example, you had one field that was like a tip, like a, a triangle that goes into another field. 
it's okay, because it's clear that this is the end of another field. So as I explained before, the, when it comes to Kalayim, as long as you have two different things, two different types, two different species that are growing in different angles, and it's clear that it's not being planted together, so the fact that they're very close together, and the fact that maybe in the ground they're receiving nourishment from the same ground doesn't matter. As long as it's very clear in the appearance that they're growing in different angles and they're not and it's not climb it's two different fields it's okay so why wouldn't we apply the same thing over here as well when you have these patches that are together and you have the two parallel rows from two different patches although there's not much space between them but why wouldn't i say that since it's two different patches so therefore it's not considered climb it appears to be separate it's not intermingled so the gemara says no we can't compare this in Reish Tor Baruga, uh, sorry again, no, no, that's not how you read it. And for the Gemara, Ein Reish Tor Baruga. <clears throat> There's no, this halacha of Reish Tor, we do not apply to these patches in a field. When you have two different fields, and you have a tip of one field that protrudes into another field, whether a large field that protrudes into a small field, or a small field into a large field, two totally different fields, then I say that it's clear that it's two separate things, it's growing at different angles and different places, even if it comes very close in, there's no kalayim. It appears to be separate. When you have two rows and two patches in the same field, even if it's two patches, but it's two parallel rows, so there it's going to be a problem of kalayim. It appears to be intermingled, and they can't, you can't apply the same concept. This is all Rav's opinion in the Mishnah. So Kitzer, Rav says the Mishnah is speaking about a patch of six by six tfachim that's in a barren land. There's nothing else that's there, and therefore you could plant on the parameters of, of, of this uh, patch. Shmuel Shmuel says, Aruga beno aruga sheninu. No, the Mishnah is talking about <coughs> a patch of six by six tvachim, amongst other patches. But arvi badodi. They're going to be intermingled one with another. They look like climb, just as Rav explained over here. It's going to be climb because it looks intermingled. The two parallel rows that are planted in these patches right near each other, so it's climb. Answers the Gemara, Benayte Shura Lekan, Veshura Lekan. As Rashi's Pshat over here in the Gemara is, he draws the line of what he plants on one patch towards one side, and he draws the line of what he's planting of the next patch to the other side, so they're never parallel. They never meet each other, and therefore, there's no climb. Exactly like the picture we had before on Amar Aleph, in the Rashi, that we were learning before, what the Gemara was asking on Rav, why wouldn't you plant this way? So Shmuel says that's what our Mishnah is talking about. He's not planting full rows in each patch where they're mamish parallel to each other. He, he draws each one to, its, uh, to a different direction and therefore there's never an issue of Kalayim. In Marova, which is Eretz Yisrael, they asked the following question. So over here, in Eretz Yisrael, they had the following idea. You have over here this patch, it comes out the way, the way we described here, that you could only plant in the center of this patch one seed basically, right in the middle, so there should be the space all around three by three, uh, three tvachim on each side, so it shouldn't have any nourishment together, because otherwise it would seem to be intermingled, so it has to be separated, there should be no nourishment uh, together from what's planted on the parameters of this uh, patch. But you're losing a lot of space. The whole middle of this thing, you have to have a lot of empty space. So is there an Eitzah of how we could make more of this space? So in Eretz Yisrael, Marova, they asked, 
How about if a person digs deeper into the ground? Right? What we said over here is that as long as it appears to be separated, that would be enough that it should not be climbed. That's the main thing. Right? In a case where it does not appear to be separated, so then we, we have to separate them enough that it shouldn't get nourishment from the same place. But if it does appear to be separated, which before we had, that would be in a case where if it's growing in a different angle or it's a tip of another field and it's clear that it's separated, so then the very fact that it appears to be separated, that's enough, then it's not Kalayim. So now, Bnei Marav said, let's do a similar thing over here. Dig deeper into the field in the center, and that would make it apart, different, separate than the rest of the way it's being planted. And maybe then, even if I plant a full row across in the middle of this patch of six by six tfachim, maybe because it's dug deeper into the field, it will not be intermingled. It doesn't appear to be intermingled with anything else, and it's not kalayim. That was their question. He dug deeper one row across the middle of this patch of six by six tvachim. Mah, what would be the din? Rav Sheshesh says, no, this is a problem. This intermingling here by planting in the middle comes and is mavatl, the shura that we have on the sides that are separate. It, 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 it appears to be intermingled and it's a problem. Ravasi says, this one row in the middle that you plant and it's dug deeper into the ground is not mavatl the shura, it's not mavatl the separation and it's fine, it's no climb. Ace for Ravina Laravashi, Ravin asked the question to Ravashi, Hanaiteya Shte Shuris Shal Kishuin says in a Mishnah, a person that plants two rows of, of cucumbers, or Shte Shura is Shal Diluin, two rows of melons, Shte Shura Shal Pula Mitzri, two rows of beans. So then Mutter. Then it's okay because when you have two, 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 so because it's two, they appear to be separate. It's it's clear that it's separate things. As we said, the main thing is the appearance that it's it's planted separately, that's enough. So it's fine if it's two. But Shura Achashokishuan, if it's only one row of cucumbers, Shura Achashaliluan, one row of melons, Shura Achashapula and one row of uh, Egyptian kind of uh, beans, then also then it's a problem. One row is not enough to identify it as separate. So what do you see over here? That one row makes a problem. If you have one row of this, this and that, of different species, it's going to be climbing. So the same should apply over here in this patch of six by six tfachim, and he plants one row in the middle, so then that should create an issue of climbing. Not like Rav Asi said that it's fine. Answers the Gemara, no. Shani hacha ikish racha. This Mishnah that we quoted is the case where it has bigger leaves, bigger vines, like when you plant cucumbers or the other melons that it's talking about, it has big leaves that stick out, and therefore it creates an appearance of Kalayim, and that establishes the Kalayim. Whereas over here, in this patch that we were talking about, that Rav Asi said it's okay, we're not talking about such a kind of plant that uh, grows out so large. Another Eitzah, how to make more use out of this patch of 6 by 6 Tvachim. So again, in the Mishnah we had that in the center, all you could do is plant one seed in the middle, and then you have to leave an empty space of three Tvachim around and around, in order for it not to have any nourishment from what's being planted on, this, on the parameters of this patch. But the question is, is there another Eitzah? Can we make up this space over here? So Rav Kahana said in the name of Rav Yechenin, If you want to fill 
your entire uh, garden with vegetables and you want to make more use of this patch. So then Oisa Aruga Shisha Al Shisha. So you have a patch that's six by six Tfachim. Ve'oigel ba chamisha, plant in a circular uh, shape of uh, in a diameter of five tfachim. So inside, plant, plant it in a circular shape. And then, you can fill the corners with whatever you wish. So as Rashi, take a look. In Rashi, there's no picture actually. But if you want to take a look in the picture that appears in Taisvis. There are two pictures in Taisvis, not the one that's all the way at the bottom of the Yom, but the one right before that. So you have the picture where he's planting in a circle. So once he's planting vegetables inside in a circle, so that is separated in that angle of a circle inside the circle. So then you can plant, you can fill it up completely inside and then you have another patch near it, also planted in a circle, another patch planted in a circle and it's not going to be a problem. Okay, so you can fill it up entirely, planting in a circle. Because as long as it's planted in that shape of a circle, it appears to be separate. Now, regarding Mimale Karniseha uh, from Rashi, it seems like that you don't actually have the ability to fill up the corners as well. The Ritva actually is not even greatest, these words of Mimale Karniseha. So it's not, I'm not clear, it's not clear about this. But if you can have other patches, that you're going to do in all these patches the same thing. Filling up a circle and planting that full, circle fully with vegetables. But How about if you have in between each one of these patches and there's different species of vegetables and they're meeting up with each other. So there should be an issue, there's no three tochem in between, there's an issue of klayim. Omri de Rabbi so by Rabbi they answered, Bemachrev Yeah, in that area, right in between, he has to leave empty in order for it not to be climbed. He can, he can plant the whole circle, but over there, in that area where it meets up with the next patch, he has to leave empty. Ashiya Maravashi says, no, it's not a problem. As long as what in that area where it meets up, they're not planted in the same angle, if it's vertical, so then, it's, and then uh, so, um, you plant it uh, in the opposite angle, if it's it, uh, horizontal and vertical, it'll be fine. As long as it's not on the same angle. And again, this goes back to the premise that we're learning here the entire time. As long as it's not appearing to be intermingled, there's no kalayim. No kalayim. As we had it before, Benigayat, a few things. Let's review again. You had it, Benigayat, to the Reish when you have a part of a field that comes in. And the same thing also when you have the parameters that are planted, the full rows of the parameters that are planted because they're coming from a different angle, it's not a problem. The same thing over here, he says, when you're pl planting the full circles of each one of these patches, as long as when they meet up, it's planted in a different angle, it's not an issue, you can plant very close to each other. Ravina asked a question to Ravashi regarding this eights of Rabbi Yechina. It's not specifically a question on what Ravashi just said here, but it's a question on what Rabbi Yechina just said, that you could plant in a circle and fill it up fully. Planting vegetables, different species of vegetables, in these patches of six tfachim, and the way it's set up, the way it's planted is, is like a, a square, in a shape of a square. Basically, like, like the picture that we had in the Mishnah, like Rashi has it in the picture of the Mishnah, where you had the square, and you can plant the parameters, one line on the parameters on each side, and in the center you can plant, like a square, not to plant. So the Gemara says, Ketavlo de Shari, 
you could plant only in the shape of a square, but but it's also to plant, like Rabbi Yechonin said, in a circular shape, and then you could plant one where near the other in a circular shape. So, this is L'chayra Braisa, against what Rabbi Yechonin said. Answers the Gemara, Hosom la over there, that b'raise is not saying that you cannot do what Rabbi Yechanan said. What it's telling you is, if you want to apply another leniency, then it has to be square-shaped. Which other leniency? This reish toy that we spoke about, a tip of a field, a tip of a patch, that enters into another field, so then it's only if it's a tip. If it's planted as a square, so then there's a tip that enters into another field, it won't be a problem. When it's a circle, so then a circle shape, this halacha of a tip entering into another field where it's distinct that it's separate will not apply. That's what this Bryce meant to say. But it's not coming to refute. You have no raya over here, that is, against the opinion of Rabbi Yechenen. That's the end of the Gemara for today.